time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. It's a Monday, it's cold, it's December, and uh, we are obviously well into the, uh, the Christmas season, which seems to begin earlier every year. And, um, you know, with all the commercialization about Christmas and everything like that, you know, you, it's very easy to lose the significance of why we celebrate this time of year. You know, it's very interesting. There are a lot of myths about Christmas um, that I won't talk about today, but just a lot of things that a lot of, uh, <clears throat> you know, sort of um, legends of Christmas that are simply not true. You know, things like there were three wise men and that, uh, you know, that, that they arrived in, in the manger and gave Jesus gifts. None of that is found in the Bible. But anyway, there are lot, lots of myths about Christmas. But um, one of the things I think that we tend to miss in the midst of uh, our culture here in America is the fact that we tend to make it, you know, a, a time of, um, I don't know, I, it's just it's just this thing in the season that we're supposed to manufacture these sentimental feelings about Christmas. It's it's almost like saying, you know, July Fourth is when we're patriotic, you know, and and you can't be patriotic any other time of the year. Or, or Mother's Day, you know, you know, we honor mothers, but we can't really love our mothers, really honor them any other time of the year. I mean, we just sort of compartmentalize sometimes our faith, and we do that also with the incarnation of Jesus Christ which is what Christmas is about, God becoming a man. And um, anyway, in the spirit of that, you know, I, I think sometimes that we can sort of lose our way and, and not focus in on what's very important, which is the birth of Jesus Christ, which again, you can talk about any time of the year. Uh, we don't need culture to dictate to us when we celebrate the incarnation of Christ. So anyway, that's that's uh, <clears throat> just my little hobby horse there uh, for the day. But also, um, quickly before we dive into this very uh, fun and important topic today about why in the world uh, do we is there a virgin birth and is the virgin birth really necessary to the Christian faith? Is it that big of a deal? Um, to tell you that you know during this Christmas season, I would uh, encourage you uh, to to pray about and to think about uh, this ministry, this podcast ministry that that uh, that I produce and to consider financially investing in this ministry as well you know we have a handful of investors that uh, that give varying amounts some people give you know eight dollars a month which is fantastic I, I love that it's kind of eight dollars eight podcasts a month a dollar a podcast you know it's not a, a whole lot but um, but I would encourage you to consider making this ministry a part of what you do to help spread the Word of God across the world and I believe it's a very uh, worthy ministry and uh, giving the teaching of the word of God um, in light of the fact that not a lot of uh, people are teaching just the word. They're just teaching opinions and, and uh, you know, self-help seminar kind of things. But um, we endeavor here to give you the, the true, raw, uh, unedited uh, word of God. And so I would just ask you to please consider uh, supporting this ministry. And the way you, you can do that is, is uh, simply by going to jeffkinley.com, click on that donate tab, and uh, you can set up through PayPal a reoccurring uh, donation through your debit card or, or whatever that will just automatically uh, you know, withdraw uh, monthly, 
uh, or you can uh, write a check and the address to our ministry is there. It's main thing ministries as in keep the main thing, the main thing, main thing ministries. And uh, main thing is a 501 C three nonprofit. So all of your gifts are tax deductible. Okay. Let's talk about uh, this question today. Is the virgin birth really that important? Is it really that necessary uh, to our faith? You know, the threshold of Christianity uh, really kind of hinges on uh, one of these, some of these doctrines. And one of them is the virgin birth. It's sort of the uh, gatekeeper and it's a, and it's a target doctrine. Uh, People have, um, have cast doubt on the virgin birth, the doctrine of the virgin birth uh, in recent years. And, and lots of, uh, excuse me, lots of people have has said, yeah, yeah, it's really not that important, and that's not really what the Bible is saying, and and that type of thing. Um, and uh, you know, we have the liberal kind of view on the one end, and on the other end, we um, have you know the the, the Catholic Church, uh, which wants to elevate Mary, uh, the Virgin Mary, to a status that, um, quite frankly, she never attained, and um, because she said even herself that she needed a savior. But let's talk about what the Bible says, because that's really the only important thing. And we begin with a prophecy uh, in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And this is what the word of God says. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, a sign is something that points to a reality, all right? Behold, a virgin will be with child and will bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel simply means God with us. So let's talk about that for a second. You know, a lot of uh, liberal scholars have said, oh, that this word virgin here is really the, the Hebrew word Alma, A-L-M-A-H, which is a generic term meaning young woman. And it comes from a root word that means covered or concealed. So the idea is that in their culture, in the Jewish culture, a woman was covered and protected, reserved for the man who one day would be her husband. And they said, it just means a young maiden. It doesn't mean a virgin. So Mary was just a young maiden. She was just a young girl. That's all it's saying there. Well, what else does the, the Bible say? Well, elsewhere in the Old Testament, the context of this word refers to a, a young, unmarried, sexually pure woman. And we see that in Genesis 24, uh, verse 16, and verse 43. Uh, other places, it you know, it, it does refer to a young maiden. So when you have to, um, when you have to figure out what does the Bible mean by the use of a certain word, you have to ask yourself, what does the context refer to? What does the context say? And then secondly, does the, does the rest of the Bible say anything else about this? Okay. Um, now in the cultural literary and linguistic context, virginity is implied in this uh, particular uh, passage. But it's not, um, but it's not explicitly stated, all right. So, but it didn't need to be stated, because um, you know, when a young maiden, a young maiden simply means a young unmarried woman in their culture. It meant, you know, culturally speaking, a virgin. I mean, if someone introduces their <clears throat> their thirteen year old daughter to you, you don't say, "Hmm, I wonder if she's a virgin." Now, you sort of assume that, okay. And the same thing happened. It was implied and understood even though it was not explicitly stated. So in this particular context, the, the word Alma, uh, young virgin, young maiden, has zero implications that this young woman had, had had sexual relations, first of all. 
And there is no instance in the Old Testament where Alma means a young woman who is not a virgin. Okay? So that's kind of the, the, the idea here. And there's other words for virgin uh, in, in the, uh, the Hebrew language. There's the word Bethula. It's a different word from, uh, from, uh, <clears throat> from Alma. Bethula means virgin. Uh, and so they say, well, therefore, using Alma here, it must, she must not be a virgin. Uh, but again, context determines, uh, you know, when you, when you introduce, again, introduce a young woman to someone, you don't introduce them as a virgin. You don't say, oh, here's my young daughter. She's a virgin. You don't say that. But you, you say, oh, here's my young daughter. It's implied in the context that she is a virgin. Okay. So again, and, and the other thing is that, you know, in the Hebrew culture, um, especially with young women this age, there wasn't a whole lot of sleeping around that went on before marriage. And the reason why is because um, they had a law there in their Jewish law that said you would be stoned to death. And, you know, girls, young girls in their culture were not like a lot of young girls in our culture, that they were just openly rebellious and demanding their rights. And we want to have sex before marriage. I mean, there wasn't any of that going on. You know, the Hebrew community was a closed community. It was a fairly controlled community, and uh, there weren't a whole lot of just openly rebellious, you know, placard-bearing, you know, protesting uh, young women uh, arguing for their right to have sex before marriage. Um, we live in a culture where we pretty much expect no one to be a virgin, um, but it hasn't always been this way, okay? Now, here's a very important question. The important question is, how did the New Testament writers interpret the contextual meaning of Alma in Isaiah 7 14 in other words did they just say well you know she could be a virgin she might not be a virgin we'll just go ahead and use the New Testament word for uh for you know young unmarried girl but here's what they did they used the word uh, they translated from the Hebrew to the Greek uh, into a Greek word um which is the Greek word Parthenos. And both Matthew and Luke, Matthew 123, Luke 127, use this, this word, Parthenos. It's also used in the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25. But it means a, a young woman who has not been married and who has also not had sexual relations. I mean, that's what a virgin is, is someone who's never had sex, right? And so when Matthew interprets under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, when, when Matthew interprets this, uh, this, this passage in Isaiah and he quotes it, okay, word for word, he claims that the word was prophetically referring to not just any young woman, but a virgin young woman. So apparently Matthew and Dr. Luke felt that it was important that you and I know that this young woman, Mary, whatever age she was, but she was past puberty, okay, but not yet married and not yet having experienced sexual relations, okay? So the idea is that Mary was a virgin at the time of her conception and remained that until her delivery date. Now, there's one other thing that's, I think, fairly important about this thing is if we could go back and, and uh, interview the uh, the New Testament uh, uh players and uh, figure out, okay, what, what were you thinking at this moment? And in Luke, 
chapter um, chapter one, and um, when the angel came to uh, to Mary, and he said, um, "Hail, favored one! The Lord is with you." And says so she was greatly troubled at the statement, kept pondering what in the world's going on here, basically. And the angel said, "Don't be afraid, uh, because you found favor with God. You're going to conceive in your womb." And bear a son. You'll name him Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High, uh, Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary says something very interesting in the very next verse. What? How would Mary respond to this? Well, Mary responds uh, by saying this. That's translated this way. <clears throat> It's translated, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And and literally in the Greek, what she said was, how can this be since I have never known a man? I've never been in in a relationship, an intimate relationship with a man to the point where we have had sexual intercourse, i.e., I'm a virgin. So Isaiah predicts a virgin, Matthew and Luke, Dr. Luke say she was a virgin. And there you have it. Mary herself is claiming to be a virgin. Okay. So, you know, Mary, Mary's not going to lie to the supernatural angel that just struck unimaginable fear into her soul. She's not going to say, okay, well, I'm sure he doesn't know about that part of me. No, Mary knows she's a virgin. Okay. And, um, and Joseph thought she was a virgin as well. Because he, he was like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to divorce you because you've had, now had sex, whereas before I knew you hadn't had sex with someone. So Joseph thought before this she was a virgin as well. Okay. So you got all this scriptural evidence as to, you know, why, why Mary is, um, is definitely a virgin. Okay. So that, that answers that question. So quickly, why then is the virgin birth necessary? to the Christian faith. Why is it such a big deal? Let me give you five reasons why the virgin birth is very necessary. Number one, if Jesus was simply conceived by a human father and he began, his his existence began in Mary's womb, then Jesus would have had a beginning. And i.e. he's not God, okay? But the Bible tells us, you know, Jesus in fact said in, in uh, John 8, I believe it's around verse 58, before Abraham was, I am you know, claiming to be the preexistent God. And John 1, 1 says in the, in the beginning at creation was the word. He was already there. So if, if Christ had a physical, excuse me, had a, a, an earthly father, then he would have had a beginning. Therefore, he can't be God. Secondly, um, if Christ would have had a, a human father, then he would have had a sin nature. Okay. Cause, cause the sin nature is communicated when a man and woman come together, a woman without a man can't have a baby. You know, that, that's impossible. She just can't invent a child inside of her. You need, you know, both, you know, both sexes to come to, together there. And the Bible tells us that, that sin came through the man, came through Adam. So it's necessary for a man's contribution uh, to, to the, the, um, the fertilization of a woman's egg. It's necessary that a man be involved in that in order for there to be a sin nature. Jesus didn't have a sin nature. First Peter two says he never sinned in any way. So it's necessary because Christ would have had a sin nature if he'd had a 
earthly father. Thirdly, you needed to have a perfect God-man for there to be a perfect sacrifice. I mean, the Old Testament law in Exodus 12, 5 demanded that the lamb be without blemish. You say, if Jesus would have had any sort of sin, either naturally through his sin nature or through anything he said, did, or thought, guess what? He would have needed a savior too. And someone else would have needed to come to die for him. So it's a, the virgin birth is important because you need to have a perfect God-man in order to be a sinless substitute for sin. For, for Jesus to be punished for our sin, he can't have any sin. Does that make sense? Number four, the virgin birth demonstrates the uniqueness and the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Not one single other religious leader in human history was sinless, which, which is a great case to make as to why you should not follow any other religious leader because they were born with sin natures. They're inherently sinful. Jesus is inherently righteous and he has no sin. So the virgin birth demonstrates this, <clears throat> the beauty of his uniqueness and his towering supremacy over all other religious leaders. And then the fifth reason why the virgin birth is necessary is because if, if, the, if the Bible says that Mary was a virgin and she indeed was not a virgin, that means there's error in the Bible. And if you can find error in the scripture, if you can find a doctrinal you know, untruth in the Bible, then how can you trust any other part of the Bible? You see? So it's very important that that scripture be true here. And, you know, lo and behold, it is for all the reasons that we uh, have mentioned here, both textually, contextually, historically, and uh, and theologically here that we've covered here uh, today. You know, people say, well, can you have to believe in the virgin birth in order to become a Christian? Well, a lot of people don't even know about the virgin birth when they become a Christian. All they know is that Jesus died for my sins. They're not getting into that yet. But certainly you cannot know about the virgin birth and deny it and and be a Christian. So you can't do that. That's, that's denying one of the core <clears throat> doctrines of our faith, and it undermines the very uh, basis and foundation for the Christian life. Without the virgin birth, there is no Jesus. Without the virgin birth, there is no God-man. Without the virgin birth, there is no sinless substitute on the cross. There's just simply a man who led a good example and taught us some cool things, and they killed him. You know, without a virgin birth, Jesus is not God, okay? So in, in order for God to become a man, there had to be a, a virgin birth. And so that's why God chose this, this, you know, mode of bringing Christ into the world. And it, it to me, <clears throat> it, it simply is amazing, you know, and, and I'll just say, you know, parenthetically here, you know, Mary was an extraordinary young woman. I mean, what she faced after that, I, I can't even imagine. We learned so much about Mary I and mean, her obedience to God, the fact that she called on God uh, for, a, for a savior, the fact that she just said, hey, then if that's what needs to happen, let it happen. Luke one thirty eight says, be it done to me according to your word. And, you know, we need more young ladies in the world today and young men who have that spirit, that attitude of, hey, God, whatever it is, you know, you, you fill in the you fill in the blanks. What do you need me to do? You know, if it's going to mean that I suffer shame and unpopularity, I'll do it. You know why? Because it's your way that I'm following, 
not my own way. I don't care about my own reputation. I only care about your reputation. So, hey, Mary was an awesome girl, and the virgin birth is very necessary to the Christian faith. Hey, I'll talk to you on Friday. We'll talk about another topic. Until then, God bless. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.